I'm not playing ring around the rosy, so. <laughs> Appreciate whoever that was. Hatcher, or was that, who was that laughing? Little Mick laughing over there. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate you getting my humor. Good morning, everybody. I know that we have some guests in the audience, and we are so glad that you're here. Uh, got some brethren from... Bonacqua come to see us this morning. Uh, the Pierce family, y'all give them a hug and give them some love. Uh, I'm so excited that they were able to come and be out with us too. But this morning I want to talk about fathers. Happy Father's Day. And I'm so thankful that I get to be a father myself. Um, Happy Father's Day to the grandparents, to the great-grandparents, to other figures, to uncles, to those who are doing things that maybe some of us don't know about filling that role of a father. I appreciate you, and, and this is your day as well. What a great day to think about fathers on the Lord's Day because godly fathers is what the church needs, amen? Godly fathers is what sets the tone for how we as families act. Amen? Because as a father in the family, you are the leader. You are the one who is uh, supposed to love your wife like Christ loved the church. And you are, as we just read, to bring your children up in the admonition of the Lord. This morning, I want to spend some time talking about the importance of godly fathers in the kingdom of God and what a blessing it is to have godly fathers. What an impact that we can make on our children and what an example we can be to the world today. And I hope that this message will be an encouragement and I hope that our fathers in the audience will strive to be better than they are today when we get finished. I hope that there's some challenges that are brought to you. There's some things that you may be able to do to fix some things, to make things stronger in your life. But maybe you're here today and you're not a father and you're saying, what am I supposed to do while you're talking about this, Matt? Well, I want you to do me a favor, will you? Will you pay attention to my points? Will you put them in your heart? Will you put them in your mind? And then for the rest of this week, will you do something very specific for me? Will you think about the fathers that are in your life? Will you think about the grandfathers that are around you, your friends that are fathers, maybe uh, in the community? Will you think about those fathers specifically, not a general prayer, by name, and pray for them on these points this week? Can you do that for me? Will you take some time, uh, even though you're doing your regular prayer time, and I want to add just a little bit more to it, and will you pray for the fathers of this congregation and pray for the fathers of all uh, the congregations around. And will you pray for fathers in the world and in our community? Can you do that for me? Fathers have a responsibility. 
A responsibility given to God, by God, to guide and take care of the children in their home. But the only way that happens is if they do it the right way. See, when we mimic the real father, the main father, the heavenly father, then we can find qualities that are perfect. Am I right about it? Even if we're a Christian trying to strive to be like the father, maybe if we're a a child or maybe if we're a, a lady, if we strive to be like God, then we can be perfect as well. But today I want to zero in specifically on the fathers. And I want you to think about a few things for just a few minutes. Just a few minutes. The first thing that I'd like for us to is children need to see father's presence. Would you say that that's true? In Acts chapter 17, if you'll turn there real quick, I want to make some comparisons to our godly uh, heavenly father. And I want us to look at these qualities and then bring some application for fathers today. Paul in Acts 17, talking about the unknown God, says this in verse 24. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him though he is not far from each one of us. The Lord set it up for humanity to seek him and to know that he is always near. The creator of everything when we look outside and we see creation, when we see the things of beauty, when we see the trees and the ocean and the animals and we see all of these things, we know who God is. But he wants us in our minds because we realize who he is and we realize that he wants a relationship with us. He wants us to seek him as Mark said in his prayer so beautifully. And he wants us to, it says, grope, which means to reach out, to try to grab a hold of. It says, though he is not far from each one of us. See, a godly father will not only provide for their children's physical needs, but also for their spiritual needs. Amen? I have a responsibility as a father to take care of my children physically, but I also, and really more importantly, I have a responsibility to take care of my children spiritually. We can't allow ourselves to be so consumed by our efforts to be a good provider that we forget to provide what is most important to our children. You want to know what's most important to your children, dads? You. You. When we make ourselves available to our children... They feel more comfortable, don't they, around you? (laughs) 
They want to seek you when trouble arises, don't they? They want to come up to you and maybe talk to you about some tough situations that are going on. They want to come and get your opinion because your thoughts matter. See, when we look at the creation and we see God and we see all of this beauty and we see all of this magnificence and we see all of these stars in the heaven, it's almost awe-inspiring and breathtaking to the point where we can't even realize just how awesome this God is. But the fact is, and this scripture lets us know that despite all of those things, all of those things that he made, he still is not far from you. Will you reach out and grab him? When we realize that the God of all creation loves us so much and the God of creation cares for us so much, it does bring a strength and a comfort to us, doesn't it, brethren? You remember what Psalm 73, 28 says? Man, why do I do that all the time? Man. Timothy, I appreciate it. I thought Tripp was back there, but. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. I'm going to push this button soft. Psalm 73, 28. Y'all know what this verse says, don't you? But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. Why would somebody want to draw near to God? Why would somebody want to be uh, close to God? Because they put their trust in him, right? Fathers, if our present isn't known by our children, if we're never there, if we're way too busy, if we're way too tired, hey, I get it. If we're way too tired to be there for our children and talk to them and give them a hug and see what they're needing. There's no way for our child to turn and want to draw near to us. <clears throat> Because there's no trust. Yeah, I love daddy and I appreciate dad, but I don't have a relationship with him. Will you pray, fathers, for yourselves this week? Will you pray that you can provide for your children and give them the thing that they want the most? And it's you. Children need to see a father's presence. You want to know what else children need to see? Children need to see a father's protection. Am I right about it? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 says this, but the Lord is faithful, and I love this verse, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. What about that blessing, brethren? <laughs> huh? It says the Lord is faithful to do this. This isn't just some type of quote or some good thought. No, this is real talk. This is something that is faithful that you can put some weight into. It says you will be established and you will be guarded from the evil one. Why is it so important for us to know God's word, brethren? 
Why is this so important for us to know God's word, fathers? Because we have a responsibility to look out not only for the physical protection of our children, but the spiritual protection as well, right? Are my kids involved in the things in the congregation? Do I even care? Or am I too busy? Or am I too upset? Or do I got things that are happening where I have to justify to not let my kids be a part of things that they need to be a part of? You guys know it as well as I do. You miss one week, you kind of feel bad. You miss two weeks, you feel a little bit. You start missing three, four, five weeks, what happens? You're checked out, aren't you? That hurt doesn't matter as much anymore. That feeling of of responsibility to say sorry to God starts becoming lighter and lighter because now I'm not holding myself accountable. Fathers, we're the leaders. We want to always be held to the utmost accountability when it comes to God and his word. Amen? And I want to dispose that to my family. I want my wife to know it. I want my children to know it. I want my friends to know it. I serve God. That's who I serve. And I serve him with everything that I got. Are we protecting our children, fathers, from the schemes of the devil? Are we looking for ways to let our children and family know that we are going to keep them safe? You know, I love this. It says, when my father didn't have my hand, you know what he had? He had my back. He had my back. See, I'm going to take care of you physically, but you know what? I'm going to care for you even more so spiritually because I want you to know who Jesus is. I want you to know why he came to this earth. I want you to know the struggle that he had to make things right for you. Fathers, we have the ability to do this. Grandfathers, we have the ability to do this. Great-grandfathers, uncles, just like I talked with the mothers and those mother figures on that day. I'm talking to you too. We have the ability to change our children for the better and we can be the example Which leads me to my next point. Children need to see a father's presence. Children need to see a father's protection. But children need to see a father's guidance. Think about Psalm 32.8. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go and I will guide you with my eye. Hey, you know what? Maybe you're here today and you're not a father, but you have a friend that's a father. Will you support them? Will you encourage them? Will you try to be there for them? Maybe you're a wife here today and your husband is a father. Will you try to encourage them? Will you try to be there for them? Will you try to be a support for them? Fathers, we have a responsibility to instruct and teach our children in the way that they should go. 
You remember what Joshua told those families? He says, it doesn't matter. Today's the day we're going to make a decision. And you can decide for yourself what you want to do. But as for me, house, what I'm going to do as a father, you want to know what I'm going to do as a husband? I'm going to serve Yahweh. I'm going to serve the Lord. Are we looking and watching and showing our kids the way that they need to go? Are we allowing them to make decisions and then working through them so they can see that you care? I know how it is. I remember being a kid and thinking that my parents didn't know anything. You know, you grow up and you think, oh man, dad's my hero, right? When you're younger, you start moving into those teenage years and you're like, if you'll just be quiet, I can figure it out because what you're telling me is ridiculous. What happens when you come back around though and you start getting older, you think, you remember when dad said that? And then what happens maybe when your dad passes away and you're even older in years, what do you say? You remember daddy always used to do it like this. This is what he said to do. Now all of a sudden it becomes elevated, right? The only way that we can do it, I mean, there's this toolbox. I've never even seen this toolbox. My dad brought out a retirement. It's called the Ebenezer box. I don't even know what this thing looked like. You want to know whose box that is? That's my granddad's box. And he said it's the most sturdy, it's the most uh, prized possession that he's got. You want to know what the handle is? A wire. <laughs> Maybe at one time when he was told to carry that thing, he probably regretted it, right? I'm going to carry this box. I mean, really, it, doesn't, it can't even hold it right. But here's the deal. It's one thing to practice uh, this teaching and, and guiding our children, but it's more importantly to practice what we preach. Isn't that right, brethren? I thought this was pretty funny. It says, my father didn't tell me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it. Now that can go both ways, can't it? He showed me how to live. He showed me how to justify wickedness. He showed me how to say, oh, it's not that important. He showed me that. Or daddy showed me how to do the right thing. How to turn the other cheek. My father told me that only God's way is pure. See, I think about this too. It says, top your shoulders was the best I ever had. I see more, I know more, and I can do more because of you, Dad. Now, what kind of impact are we having on our children's lives? Fathers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers, uncles, father figures, friends of fathers, The view from atop your shoulders was the best I ever had. See, I can see more. Think about the application spiritually to our, to our heavenly father. Huh? 
If I'm atop God's shoulders, isn't it the best view ever? You remember Moses couldn't go into the promised land, but what was probably the next best thing for him? He got to sit up there with God, didn't he? Huh? He got to talk to the Lord. See, I can see more. I can know more. I can do more. And it's because of you, Dad, and I appreciate it. Children need to see a father's guidance, but children also need to see a father's discipline. Amen? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12 says it like this. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. Discipline is not a bad thing for our children. Sometimes we, as, when we were children, we didn't want the discipline, did we? We buck the system. But if it's not done the right way, it can be very discouraging as well, can't it? The verse that we just read, it says, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. I know kids are frustrating sometimes. I get it. I know that it can be a handful when I'm trying to do Libby's hair and she just gets up and goes get yogurt and yogurt's in her hair and now it's all tangled up and I already had the moose on it. It's like, really? Are you serious? I'm late. I'm already late. Now I got to change your clothes and I don't even know where that is because Aaron laid it out. Right? I'm a hot mess happening right now. I mean, I'm in bad shape. But do I get to the point where I'm provoking? Do I get to the point where they're on my nerves to the point where I want to ill will to happen towards them? No, see, we train our children in the admonition of the Lord and we tell them that it's one thing to be punished but it's another thing to be hurtful on purpose, right? I'm not doing, how many times have you heard this? I'm not doing this because I want to hurt you. I'm doing it because I love you. See, Colossians chapter 3, verse 21 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. See, why do I want to discipline my child? Because I want the best for them. I don't want to lord over them. I don't want them to be uh, them to think that I'm uh, so high on this hill that they can't even talk to me or they can't move. No, I want to provoke them in the right way. I don't want to prod them in the negative way to where they become discouraged and they don't even want to talk to me and they don't even want to be around me. See, this is a biblical concept. Motivation gets you going but discipline keeps you growing. See, motivation gets you going. But discipline, even if I'm trying to discipline my body in that aspect, if I'm trying to discipline my body daily and bring it into subjection so that I can do God's will, that's one thing. But actual discipline, knowing the understanding that if I do this, that it's wrong, it allows me to grow, doesn't it? How do I know that? Y'all know I ain't that smart. How in the world 
I figured that out because Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11 says this, Now no chastening, no discipline seems to be joyful for the present, but what does it feel like? It's painful, isn't it? Nevertheless, the peaceable fruit of righteousness. And, and here's the key to those who have been trained by it. Children need to see a father's discipline. And finally, children need to see a father's love. What an awesome feeling to know that somebody loves you. Amen. Amen. First John 3, 1 is a verse that gets me watery-eyed. Oh, what manner of love the Father bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. But you know what? We know him, don't we? We know who he is. And we know that because of our sins, we've been separated from him. But because of Jesus and his perfect sacrifice, there's been some reconciliation made. There's been this problem being fixed. This valley that was separating us now has come crashing down by the cross of Jesus Christ can walk over and say, me and you, Lord, can have relations. I can talk to you now and you can hear me. And the beautiful thing about this is we are heirs according to the promise of Abraham when we become a child of God. When we read this verse, it gives us comfort, doesn't it? It gives us a good feeling to know that the Lord considered wretched sinners like us to be his children. See, think about this. A father's love, a father's love toward his children, a father's love towards his family is reflected in their eyes. Will your kids always like your fathers? Probably not. But does that mean you give up? Does that mean you stop? Absolutely not. If you're there for them, if you love them, if you guide them, if you try to discipline them, you know what happens? You see the blessings of God coming out. I want to close with this thought. It's been said that children grow up with the desire to either be like or be nothing like their father. Whether they're a boy or a girl. Now, why is that? Because moms don't bark out orders? Man, <laughs> I mean, JoJo had a fly swat over there and it brought back some terrible memories for me. I remember getting hit in the ear, on the neck. I mean, I remember getting hit in any spot on my body with a fly swat if I wasn't listening, right? 
Why do those children look to the father? Because God set it up for them to be the leader. Men, are we going to step up? Are we going to be bold? Are we going to be courageous? Are we going to be who God set us out to be? I don't ever want the words to be said that I was the one that caused my children to not want to love the Lord. Huh? I want to do it the right way. And when I mess up, I'm going to ask for forgiveness. When I don't do it the way that it should go, I'm going to admit that I made a mistake, right? I want to be correct. I want to do it the right way, but I want to do it because I love them and I want the best for them. Our children, fathers, our children, grandfathers, great-grandfathers, uncles, father figures need our input. Amen? A father's words are powerful and can often define the course of a child's entire life. What was the last thing that you said to your children, fathers? Was it a command? Was it an expression of disapproval? What is a, what is it, was it a proclamation of love or admiration for them? What if those were the last words that they ever heard you speak to them? Would you be good with that? Fathers, I want to say thank you for your work. I want to say I appreciate you being here today. But I want to encourage you to strive all the more to be a better father than you are today. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Thank you for all the guests who are here again. I appreciate you so much being here. And I hope that you'll come back and be a part of what we got going on here. Maybe you're struggling today. Maybe some things in your life aren't going the way that they need to be and you need some prayers or some encouragement. You can come forward. We can pray with you. We can hug you and love on you and do whatever we can to help you. But maybe you're here today, friend, and you're not a Christian. I want you to hear what I say. God made a way for Sinners, those who are nasty and filthy on the inside to become brand new, clean, right in God's eyes. You can become a special people, called out is what he said. And you do it by a thing called the gospel. It's the good news. You do it by obeying that gospel. How do you obey it? You believe who Jesus is. You believe that he came to this earth. You believe that he died and you believe that he rose again. You do it by repenting of your sins, realizing that you aren't living the way that you should because God says to live another way and you've chosen not to do that. So you turn from your way and you turn towards him. You do it by confessing his name before men. Jesus said this, if you're, if you're willing to confess my name before men, then I'll confess your name before the Father. Yes, I believe that Jesus is the living Christ, the Son of God. Amen? And then you do that by being baptized in water, not to show everybody are gone. No, you go 
daughter and you're making an appeal to God. And you know what you say to him? First Peter chapter three, verse 21 describes this perfectly. You get in that water and here's what you say. Lord, I can't clean myself up. I can't do it. A prayer can't do it. None of these other things can do it. But I know you can. It's an appeal to God with a good conscience. And you know what the Lord is saying? What are you waiting on? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. You come out of that water brand new. And then you live a life faithful to him where one day, Jesus said that if you are faithful to me until death, I'll give you a crown of life. And I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you. Just serve me. If you need to obey the gospel, if you need prayers, please, I'm begging you, come as we stand and as we sing.